Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Right, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. He's a tech entrepreneur based in Malvern who runs multiple businesses, primarily focused on mobile connectivity, internet of things and data networking. He's very community minded and recently set up a new technology group, uh, sorry, a new networking group for technology companies called the Malvern Technology Network with the aim of improving the local community, economy and businesses through local collaboration. From what I've seen, he's one of those people who manages to do a lot of things at a very high level with great efficiency, while at the same time having fun and enjoying life. So I'm looking forward to finding out more. Here's Matt Atkinson. Hello, Morning. Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Thank you very much for coming in and doing this. No, thank you. Very much appreciate it. Um, right, before we get started, best way to find, for people to find you is mattatkinson.io. That's right, yep. And uh, the new networking group, which is the MTN, the-mtn.co.uk. That's right, yep. And you're on the LinkedIn as well. I am indeed. Yeah, cool. And the Facebook. And I'm the not, Facebook. Not, no, I'm not on that one. You're not on the Facebook no, anymore. too old. <laughs> too old for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do you go after Facebook? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> cool. Um... Excellent. Okay, so right, let's get started. You are you're based in Malvern, as I said on the intro. You appear to run multiple businesses and be pretty calm and have a lot of fun. Some of the time, right? yeah. So <laughs> moved to Malvern in uh, two thousand and three. Yeah. So I think think uh, I, I was born just outside London, and okay. then uh, you know um, lived lived and worked there for a while, mm-hmm. and then uh, when we had our first child there, we start looking around and going, mm, it's a bit. You know, right. we, don't, we don't really like what's happening. We, right, we did yeah. what many people do. They, they kind of uh, commute down the northern line as it gets cheaper and cheaper as you go out. <laughs> and then eventually you try and buy a house. And, uh, uh, and, and so in the end, when we had our second child, we, we thought we'd come to Malvern. And, and my wife's family um, lived here. They don't live here anymore, but lived here right. and always loved coming up. Yeah. So we thought, well, why not? Let's go and have a look. And we never look back. Love it. Okay. All right. Excellent. And uh, so what were you doing in London at the time then? So uh, I've always been in uh, telecoms and connectivity related. I kind of fell into IT uh, okay. out of school. <laughs> like uh, some, some people, um, you know, school's really not for them. I just right. want to get on in. And I kind of fell into an area and then build up some skills. So I was running a, uh, a software business uh, specializing in te- telecoms and technology mm-hmm. uh, back then. Um, and uh, that that business continued to to work in that for a number of years, but commute from more than like two three days a right, week. I'd be okay. down there, which is, that was a bit tedious to be honest. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So, uh, but 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 it, we we managed it quite well for about ten years, and then uh, more recently, I've focused my businesses around more than. Okay. All right. So uh, so so just going back a bit, then you said from school you sort of fell into IT. Yeah, we kind of fell out of school. So really, it's probably a better school. description. Okay. Okay. Um, Tell it, us about it, that. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird time. So um, so in uh, around 1991, you remember there was probably well, you probably don't remember, but there was a very big recession when recessions mm-hmm. weren't backed up by the Bank of England just printing lots of money and giving it to <laughs> other people and saying it'll be okay. Um, what happened then was interest rates went to 16, 17 oh, yeah, percent, yeah. literally within a, within a few weeks. As we, I think, tried to hold back the financial forces of you know, what was coming with the euro in the future. And um, so I was 18 at the time, just finishing school. Um, my dad had always been a uh, self-made entrepreneur. He was son of oh, a coal yeah. miner, left home right. at 15, which, you know, in these days you'd like, no, oh, of course you're making it up. But no, back then he did. He, he yeah. left him at 15. He went to London. Uh, I think he, you know, had some jobs relatively early on. So working for himself. So it was, was quite successful in the 80s. Um, what was he doing? He was, well, very much in your trade. So he used to it? provide uh, professional photographic equipment to all the large studios uh, in, in the UK. So like car studios, commercial photographers. So he'd deal with the high-end photographic equipment, but a lot of a studio, like lighting, things of that nature. Right, okay. And, and, and so um, that kind of hit two things at one time. There was this digital world coming through. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time as we get hit with, you know, uh, very high interest rates. So we, unfortunately, uh, he was made bankrupt uh, right. in, in that recession and then right. ultimately lost our house relatively soon afterwards. So right. whereas I was planning to go to uni and I wasn't, I, don't get me wrong, I, I was not the, the guy that liked doing A-levels and the I think, largely pointless exercise, trying to do lots of general studies in stuff that I didn't want to do. I just wanted to get into business and right. back then just earn some money and get on with life because you'd seen your dad yeah and, and, and I think that you know you, you, you obviously you, you look to your parents don't you very much for, for that yeah. and you're kind of you know what you know yeah, you know yeah. I guess if my dad was a surgeon I would have you know probably gone to medical school or something like that whereas he was a true entrepreneur he didn't have anything built everything he had and you know through the cycle lost right. it lost it as well so so we actually kind of went into panic mode a little bit at that stage we had to go and find somewhere to live we had to earn money so uh, I think in my school, uh, you know, I, w- I was privileged. You know, I went to a, uh, a private school at, mm. at, at that age. He was able to afford that. And then obviously we lost it. So literally I was the only kid in our school that didn't go to university. Right. Okay. Uh, I think there yeah. might have been one other. And he worked in his dad's printing firm, um, right. you know, wrote down to earth guy as, as well. And, uh, and, and then kind of life takes a, a different path. So from that point, I've always either worked for myself, worked with my dad for a little while, uh, and um, really tried to uh, get involved in areas that interest me uh, mm. more latterly. But back then, you know, it was earn some money, find somewhere to live, yeah. uh, pay, pay for the family bills and stuff like that. Right, okay. So you, you were at 18 when you said Yeah, I think it was okay, 18, 19, uh, when that, that all really kicked off. And then, um, you, know, it took, you know, the process takes a long time to actually be evicted from your house. But, you know, it's quite an unpleasant process that we went through. But uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I think that happened a couple of years later. And um, it's out of interest, did your dad sort of bounce back and, and uh, restart? Yeah, he, he, did, he did. He kind of bounced back in the sense that he went through it. But unfortunately, he, he died relatively young as well. Right, okay. uh, so uh, he didn't really achieve what he wanted to after that, which was, right. I said, uh, it, you know, for me, he's a, a funny character because he's very inspirational from the entrepreneurial point of view. Mm. But he also was a handbook in how not to do certain things. So <laughs> he, he was amazing sales guy. Right, you know, okay. and, and I think that's where he got on so well in that photographic industry he was in because he, he was able to go around, meet people, socialize with them, teach them about the kit, teach them about what he knew. And he was, yeah. he was a very clever guy. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't schooled, but he was, you know, was, was really clever with engineering and things like that, which I'm not. I, I'm, yeah. you know, I run a software company and can't write a single line of code. So I know you've had people like, you is know, that right? yeah, absolutely. Oh, so okay. you've That's had people like Adrian on, <laughs> Adrian Burden, and these guys, and they're super, super genius, and they go and build all these things. And uh, uh, I, I can't write a single line of code, but um, I know what I want to achieve with it. Okay. And, and then I try and find people that c- can do that. But cool. in my dad's case, um, what was really interesting was that he was very good at sales. So, um, you know, from day one, you know, I was like, remember, like doing sales lessons with him at like age 11. <laughs> We'd be sitting in the, the front room and, uh, you know, we engaged on stuff like we never played football or went and did stuff like that. But I do remember the times when, you know, we'd be doing this kind of whole needs recognition and the, the best customer's son that you're ever going to find are people that have got a real problem, but they don't know they've got a problem you know here's how we're going to get to them and you're like it just doesn't make any sense to me at age 11 but you know um when we started then working together uh like 19 20 uh that type of age um i used to go around with him and yeah. we, we were selling and it was like i kind of i used to drive the car it was a bit like kind of ronnie and del boy i think a little bit when i look back on it um uh, i'd be driving the car and he'd be in the, the passenger seat of our 1.1 diesel ford fiesta that we'd scrape the money together to to buy after uh, his his financial issues and and then you learn your trade through that way and i think right. one of the shames today is that people don't learn a trade in that way mm-hmm. you know how many people do you know learn a selling trade they don't they, they mm. can work in a corporate and learn some kind of you know pompous way of selling but people buy from people yeah you know and yeah. if you can't if you can't connect with that person yeah, mm. and you know, either build trust with them, you know, or, or should you understand their issues and challenges? They didn't buy anything from you. Yeah, and and, and yeah. so I think uh, that was really formative. And from there, those skills allow you to pretty much do anything. So it's like today, I mean, with a lot of the kids coming through, uh, I've got two daughters, mm. uh, one at uni, one just finishing uh, school. She's at uh, drama school. She'll be finishing this summer mm. coming. Um, 
what are the most important skills there? Learn to communicate and speak to people yeah. and, and you know, just, just connect at a human level yeah. with them. Um, the digital skills of the future can be really important, things like that. But, um, yeah. you know, some of the old ways we did at school. So, yeah, I kind of fell out of school, but I learned my craft with my dad. Yeah, in right. selling okay. and then when i said a handbook for not to do it he's the worst administrator of any fashion <laughs> i think unfortunately you know a lot of his financial troubles were because he couldn't see the difference between the business money and his money okay, it was all right. one thing right okay. you know and i think yeah. a lot of people are like that they kind of run a business or start a business and they you know it you know when it's them you know, it's, oh, well, we'll just put the kind of, uh, I don't know, dinner out. Let's put that on the credit card uh, for the business and, you yeah, know, and so yeah, on. Yeah. And then suddenly it becomes two people, three people, five, ten. Yeah. Where do you stop being like that? And if you, if you run a business like it's your personal bank account, you're always going to have that problem. And I, unfortunately, he did. And I'm not sure he ever did a single bit of paper administration ever from what <laughs> I could tell. Um, so that might have been part of the problem. So right, I'm okay. a bit uh, the other side. I kind of, yeah. I've learned my, our lessons from that. So I've got some of the yeah. good skills, I think. I don't think uh, I'm anything like as good a salesperson as he is, but uh, or was. But but uh, certainly uh, I learned the administration side of it as well because you need that if you're going to run a business and you know stay in business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, the the selling thing is really interesting. You know, it's something I've I've been trying to learn more about because you're right. Like it, it seems that if you can sell, you can pretty much do anything. Mm-hmm. Can't you? Run, you you've got to fall back. Run any business. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean. Here's the weird thing. I, I know, I, you know, I listen to your podcast, and and I, we touched upon this, didn't we, before we start the recording, which is, you know, you have this kind of talk about education, and you know, maybe it's not always the right fit, uh, and, and and it's fascinating if you look at the things that are really important in life, yeah, to everyone. Can you read? Can you write? Num- number one and two. You know, if you yeah. can't read and write. You're going to be disadvantaged completely. Yeah. Um, you need a training in basic digital technologies. If you can't use technology, mm-hmm. yeah, then you fall into the digital divide. You know. Mm-hmm. Then after that, once you can read, write, and use digital, mm-hmm. then then what's important? Well, the important things are the ability to communicate. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether you're the cleverest person in the world, you know, or not. If you can't communicate, you're not going to get. The, a good job or you're yeah, not going to be yeah. able to convince someone to do it everyone's selling the whole time yeah yeah it doesn't matter whether you're going home to your partner right and trying to convince them that the holiday choice you want to do <laughs> is different and better than the one they want to do or vice versa you're yeah. selling yeah. Yeah? yeah if you're in a job yeah and you're paid by someone and you want a, a job role improvement or you want more salary you're selling Mm. Yeah, everything you do in your life, you're already selling. Mm-hmm. What happens in, let's call it formal selling, where you're in a business to business or business to consumer, people suddenly kind of flip a switch and go, eh, it's weird, I've got to go and do it differently. <laughs> you know, just be yourself, yeah, and, and, and that's selling. It, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's understanding that you have to communicate someone on a human level, understand what their drivers are, mm-hmm. yeah, what's important to them, and mm-hmm. try and find a, a, a kind of point where what you're interested in and what they're interested in meets yeah. and, and where you do normally there's a deal to be done whether it's you going on a holiday you want to go on whether <laughs> it's you doing a thing that you want to do or whether or not it's just a satisfaction of seeing someone get what they want yeah yeah and the reward that comes with that you know it's all selling yeah, yeah? it's yeah. just that people sometimes get a bit hamstrung about this issue of like oh god and, and i don't think it's helped by all these kind of formal like can you you know you you will have had your peer group at school college whatever it might have been and a lot of them go into corporate world and then a few of them go on these training courses and they get shoved off to some place in i don't know newport <laughs> pagnell or somewhere uh where they're they're taught the seven steps of how to sell yeah, and they'll yeah. walk out like some kind of automobile or a robot yeah and wonder <laughs> why at the end of it they get told to get lost yeah because yeah. the guy that walked in and went hey dan how you doing i like your studio here um how long have you been here what's going on you know yeah, what yeah. floats your boat oh you, yeah. you're building up a rapport uh, yeah. uh but it's amazing you know they think building up a rapport is kind of uh <laughs> you know uh, okay uh did you watch the football at the weekend dan uh, no, I hate football. Uh, oh, well done. You know, good start. So, you know, I, I think it's a really important tool and we don't yeah. teach it at school. No. Okay. No. Fourth most important tool and well, possibly the most important tool, you know, beyond reading and writing, we don't teach it. Uh, we don't teach kids about financial management. Mm. Yeah. 
we don't teach kids about uh we teach actually actually we teach all the wrong things yeah yeah <laughs> we teach them that if they learn uh 10 different subjects yeah age 13 to 16 and can remember all these different facts yeah uh, in a two-hour yeah. session in a room they will be successful and then as soon as they leave school oh and by the way don't you dare do you not dare try and use your mobile phone or your smartwatch? That is cheating uh, because you looked up the fact on the internet and wrote it down. Right? As soon as they come out of school and get a job, right? if someone walked into my office and said, uh, listen, uh, I know you asked me to do that research. So what I did was I locked myself in a room for two years, read all these books that I got from the library, and then tried to remember the facts and write them down. Uh, and, and here's the result. Yeah, you'd fire him and go, why don't you just go on the internet and look up the fact and, you know, bring yeah, it together. Yeah. The yeah. skill is the, the research mm -hmm. and being able to consolidate that information knowledge into something that we can then discuss or act upon. And, yeah. and, and, and that same thing, that skill, we don't teach in school. Yeah. 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 And, and, and we positively, you know, get to a point where we, we judge these kids by how they perform in a gymnasium, yeah, at a desk, for a two-hour period on some random day, you know, you know, regardless of what might have happened the day before in that kid's life, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, or, yeah. you know, for, you know, girls, boys, doesn't matter. You know, there's all sorts of problems, challenges, issues. Hey, and here's yeah. the other thing. Let's judge them at the point where they're going through the most change in their entire life. Yeah, and then fix them. Yeah, and, 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 and they say, okay, right, you know, there's your run. Um, we did this thing at school, I don't know if you did it, where they... Uh, they, you fill out this kind of questionnaire and they tell you what jobs would be suitable to you. Oh, yeah, Did yeah. you do one of those? Postal I executive so, yeah. is what I got. I have no <laughs> idea what one of those is today, but I remember vividly that's the job for me. And yeah, you, yeah how far from the truth can you get? But Someone was saying that just last night, actually, that like, you know, he, 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 I just asked him what he does, a business owner, and he was telling me, and he was like, oh, yeah, they don't, and he was asking me what I do, and he was like, oh, they don't tell you about this stuff in school, do they? And we were like, yeah, it's true. There's only like, three jobs when you're at school what are they <laughs> lawyer accountant and doctor yeah yeah exactly you know that's they're that's they're the aspirational option. jobs aren't they yeah. you know i, I uh, uh who, who was it um uh, jimmy carr yeah jimmy carr i saw this clip have you seen this clip from jimmy carr the other day where he talks about physicists right okay. and he says uh you know the, the world has got this wrong we're trying to get these kids to do all these different uh gcses and uh, and exams and you know and and and, and rather than help them to specialize and focus on the things that they enjoy and are great at and they can be brilliant at in life. We kind of make them do all this stuff that really just makes them feel that the educational system is dull, uninteresting and the rest yeah. of it. And then we end up with all these kids with C's in physics, you know, and no one needs an average physicist. There is no demand for him ever again. So of course, all of his knowledge and skills and the rest of it is completely wasted. What, what we need is the A-star physicists, but we also yeah. need the A-star singers and actors and dancers. We need the A-star artists. We need the A-star yeah. creative people. We need the A-star athletes. We need the A-star everything. And we, every single kid, yeah, has got the potential in area if it can be nurtured and they can be given a freedom mm. You know, and for some, the educational route and the academia route is is fantastic. You know, it suits mm. them down to ground. They can then go yeah, and get a career in academia, teaching other people to become academics. Fantastic. Yeah. But there's also this kind of mass of people that fall out the system, that mm. don't do very well in it, you mm. know, and, and are just forced down a route where if we could have only nurtured their skills or shown them a lot more and stopped judging them on, on stupid grades across 10 subjects, eight of which they're never, ever, ever going to use again. <laughs> you know, Battle of Hastings was when? <laughs> 1066. And why do you know this piece of information? Because <laughs> it goes round down your throat. And when have you ever used it apart from in a pub quiz? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Never. You know, it's just pointless. In fact, you didn't even put it in a pub quiz because everyone knows the answer to it. That's you, how pointless. You know the story of uh, Henry Ford, I guess. Oh, uh, he got, motor cars. He, he got, yeah, he got taken to court. Uh, no, sorry, he took um, he took the newspapers to court at one stage. It's in um, it's in Think, Think and Grow Rich the story, but he um, the, the newspapers were completely slating him and saying that he was you know stupid and didn't know anything and whatever. And he took them to court and. Um, they started asking him, you know, stupid questions like that. Do you know, let's test him to see if he is <laughs> stupid and ask him these questions. And he basically said, well, I don't know the answers, but I've got people all around me who know the answers to these different things. And 
know. <laughs> that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? And I think that's kind of part and parcel of the challenge we, we face as society, which is how do, how do we start to move away from this kind of Victorian system of schooling, which fundamentally was just designed to, you know, create, create people that would move into a factory yeah, or would yeah. move into the senior management role. How do we get away from that and, and accept that we are in a completely different age? You know, uh, here's a harsh reality for every head of every school. The kids are going to be most successful in the, you know, the ways that they deem success, you know, by, you know, monetarily or kind of social, you know, how people are aware of them. Those kids are going to be the kids that at the moment they, they are deeming to be the utter failures. The kids that are on social media, gaming, uh, doing things that are outside of school, you know, mm. um, influencers. That is a job. Yeah, you may not think it's a job, but I tell you what, it's a better paid job with, you know, more control and flexibility than ever being a surgeon, doctor, you know, accountant, lawyer, architect, yeah? These are real jobs where, where people are making very, very good money and very young, and they're completely yeah. disruptive jobs. They don't, guess what? They don't require you to have sat in that gym and got nine A stars, mm. yeah? Mm. You can do it today. If you're 11 year old and you have a passion about an area, and you start talking about it and sharing that content, and guess what? Learning to communicate, yeah. Selling might not be formal selling, but you know, Kylie Jenner, tell her that she's selling a billion dollars worth of stuff a year and making but, you know. But selling seen as like a sort of swear word, isn't it? Uh, it it it's is. Kind it's kind of like you know, oh, you shouldn't sell things to people. Uh, here's the thing: Johnny comes home from school. Uh, uh, Mum, Dad, I've decided what I want to be. I want to be a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, you know, it's frowned upon. You know, yet yeah. every single business relies on one thing: what. So selling yeah yeah, yeah? Show, show me a business that, that's you know apart from government sponsored businesses you know funded that that can survive without a good sales proposition yeah. a good sales team yet we we frown upon it so mm. yeah things like that are i think um really important i don't understand why we don't take kids in school teach them to do that uh, and and create really really valuable members of society yeah and stop wasting their time asking them how an oxbow lake was formed. You know, how many people, yeah, actually went on to do anything that's got anything to do with, you know, formation of rivers and lakes? I find it personally interesting because I love Malvern, I love the hills, I love geography. Yeah. yeah. But there's no point to me from a, you know, a work point of view. And, and the argument of, oh, well, you know, we're never going to get great geog geography, you know, people if we don't teach them all about it. No, what you do is you have a more open approach and what you do is you use the reading and writing and digital skills mm. yeah as the foundation and then yeah. what you do is you intercede into that core subject the knowledge across lots of areas so rather than say mm. we're going to have a lesson on geography every week what we say is we're going to have 10 lessons on reading writing and being able to understand and take information from the internet and translate it into you know coherent uh, summary or whatever it might yeah. be. This week's lesson we're going to do on Oxbow Lakes in geography. And we're going to go, well, why do I want to? It doesn't matter. You know, next week we're going to do it on, on horse riding. Yeah. You know, the week after that we're going to do it on, uh, you know, starting up a, a tech business. Yeah, the, yeah. the point is, if you've got the skills to read and write and you find an interesting area, you're more likely to invest in it. So if I find a kid yeah. that, for instance, uh, you know, isn't inspired by school, but is inspired by whatever their hobby might be, what you do is you do the reading and writing by going, right, your task for the next week yeah, is to learn about that thing, yeah. write about that thing, stand up in class and present about that thing. And we just keep repeating this exercise yeah. because by the end of it, the kids will be able to read and write because they've been in a subject they enjoy yeah. rather than, you know, do you know what? At my school, they taught us Latin. <laughs> Give me a break. You know, I can still do this. Qui, qui, quad, quem, quem, quad, quiz, 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 qui, 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 quo, quo, quo. You know, that is every conjugation of that. Yeah. What a yeah. waste of time for it, everyone involved. Yeah, it's... I, I'm probably going to... I don't want to sound too kind of cynical. Go on, Mr. Cynic. Like, or maybe cynical is not the right word, but like... Um, I find sometimes there are people who, in certain circles, who when you talk to them, they kind of drop in these facts and things as if they're taught to drop in these facts to make themselves look more Well, they passed the test, didn't they? They remembered yeah, the fact yeah. and they did very well. 
and yeah, their, their yeah. job in the future was to stand up every week and remember the facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe press secretary would be a good job for that. Yeah. But, you know, outside of that. So, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you know, with all that said and everything, how have you kind of dealt with your own kids to try and give them a more rounded education? So, um, my wife and I both agree on this, which is important because, mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if we didn't, I think that would be a recipe for disaster. But we both yeah. agreed that um, actually allowing them to pursue the things that they really uh, enjoy and are passionate. I, I think it's really, you've got to be careful not to confuse your hobbies mm-hmm. with what you're going to do for a career. Okay. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to pick the thing that you think you can also excel at. It's no mm-hmm. point just doing it because you enjoy it. You've got to think you can excel at it. Um, my wife is uh, an incredible uh, uh, person when it comes to crafts. Uh, you right. know, she's artistic. She does uh, all sorts of different crafts from stained glass windows to uh, uh, textiles and fabrics. She's got a half-ton printing press, which used to be in a, what we had a small little kind of lounge room with a TV. That's not there. That's a printing <laughs> press room. She's got all these amazing things, and, and yeah. she she's incredibly crafty uh, uh, yeah. and artistic. I am not. I, I you know I can't even draw a stick man properly. <laughs> uh, and um, whereas I'm inspired by other things, you know, I yeah, love. Yeah. Banter and discussion and business and I do enjoy a chat around politics and education, all those type of things. But the thing is, we're very different. But with the kids, we kind of encourage them that they need to find the things that they enjoy. So my eldest is currently at university studying costume design Mm -hmm. uh, because she wants to build amazing costumes uh, for film industry and potentially private uh, commissions. Um, It doesn't matter whether or not you know, you look at that and look at the average and go, oh, well, that's going to be a dreadful paid job in the future or no prospect. Actually, if you look at every single area in the world, if you're great at what you do and you're passionate about it, it doesn't matter. You're into yeah. a different sphere, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, of it. Uh, and, and if you're successful and you believe and you're given the support to get there, hopefully they will get there. But yeah. if they're not, hopefully they're also able to communicate, yeah, fall back on social skills. So my, my, my youngest daughter... She's at performing arts school in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was at RGS in Worcester uh, and all the other kids are kind of doing their thing. And, you know, is she the best actor, singer, dancer? You know, that's a, no, she's not. But you have to learn your craft. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Yes, yeah, exactly. Career, yeah. So, you know, she's 18. But the fact is she will have done several years of that and then she'll go on to a foundation school and then hopefully to one of the big drama schools following that. She's following her passion and mm-hmm. she's now learning her trade and her craft. And mm-hmm. I have every confidence that at the end of that, she'll then be able to do what she wants. But here's mm-hmm. the other thing. Let's say she doesn't get there. She's got three years of doing what? Socially engaging with people, mm-hmm. educa- entertaining people. Yeah, skills that actually just have really good foundation skills. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think she'd admit herself, you know, if we'd have forced her to sit there through geography, history and, you know, French or whatever her A-levels might have been, she'd have come out with three A-levels at fundamentally didn't inspire her yeah. she wouldn't have enjoyed her two years where she's loved every second of what she's doing even with yeah. covid they did it all online so w- with our kids we've encouraged them to really do the things that they enjoy but importantly they can see where that goes as a career you know okay. I, I you know yeah, yeah. I, I might enjoy you know football or rugby or whatever it might be yeah. but i'm you know never going to be a profession and it, there's a hobby yeah, you know, yeah, you've got yeah. to find the difference between the two. Um, but I think, you know, we as parents have to take a lot more responsibility for our kids' mm-hmm. grounding and education. Mm-hmm. Too much is left to the system, yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and, and left to the system, you're going to produce kids that have to go and do eight, nine, ten GCSEs, two, three A-levels or a diploma and go through something. And then at the end of it, they're going to be encouraged to take a 60 grand debt to go to university to come out with a degree and they still don't know what they want to do at the end. The bit I'm most proud of my kids is they they both kind of know where they want to go. Right, okay. But hey, look, life's, you know, life is not a long thing, but they're they're young. And even if those turn out to be the wrong choices for them, they can can choose again and go again. That's the thing. And we're not taught that, hey, it's okay. (laughs) You just got to try stuff. If you don't try stuff, you're never going to know. Yeah, and the idea of uh, a failure, which I've talked about a lot with a lot of guests, you know, is is something that's not taught either, is it? You know, because of the exam system and everything, if you fail, you're, you know, that's the worst thing that could happen, but actually you get out into real life and, like you're saying, you have to try and fail, try and fail, 
and, and go yeah, through that it's, process, don't you? That is life. It. Life is. Um, I think we, we we also need to teach our life our kids that life is not easy. It's designed to mm. be hard. Mm. That you know, if you look at from a biological level, it's designed, yeah, to essentially be hard. Yeah, yeah? yeah. because by being hard, the one the genes that that succeed, yeah, allow for the continuation of life. You know, yeah. if everything was easy, would have died out. Yeah. Um, so so. Life is like that a little bit, which is we have to learn that if, if we're not failing, we're not growing. You know, mm-hmm. if we're not doing things that are hard and challenging, yeah, then we don't fulfill our potential, are we? We're not, we're not doing, doing that. And, and we do have a stigma in this country, again, like in business. You know, I, you know, I come from a background where we lost our business, we lost our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you asked me, did my dad bounce back on it? Well, you know, one of the challenges is in this country when you're in that position, it is much, much harder to do so compared to, say, America, where they actually understand that if you're going to create something great, you're mm. probably going to fail a whole heap of times along the way. We've, we've got, still got this kind of bit of a Victorian attitude to it, which is, well, you, go, put, you know, put him into debtor's jail, jail because, you know, failed once and we're going to stamp him with right, failure okay, as a result. And, I, you know, I think it's slowly changing, but it's not changing much. So I think it's really important that uh, when people are in business, they're taught yeah, in a safe space to fail. See, this is the other thing. We, mm-hmm. we, we don't, um, on the Malvern Technology Network, which um, mm-hmm. is, is something that I'm involved in at the moment, we, we're kind of looking at grassroots and thinking, okay, how do we create an environment where maybe uh, the younger people that are coming through who maybe feel they're not right for academic or they haven't found that passion, but you know, want to be involved in business, how do we create a safe space for these people to learn their trade, to fail, in an environment that doesn't then end up as a black mark against them going forward. Because I tell you what, yeah. if, you, if you start a business age 18 in this country and you fail with a load of debt, yeah, yeah you can't get a job, right? right really. really easily because, right. you know, if you're bankrupt, yeah, it's a major, major problem. If you had a creditor's agreement, that's going to show up on if you went for a job. You're not going to be able to borrow money, go and do it again. You're not, you, you know, it's a mm. real, real problem that we have here, which is unless you're lucky enough to have you know, someone that can give you all the money and set you up and buy you something and put you in a business, mm. okay, great. You know, if, that, if, if that's your position, you're very fortunate. But for most, we don't encourage entrepreneurialism because we create the barriers of failure too high. Mm. So where we're thinking is, how do we create an environment where, say, someone at 18, when they leave school, could say, I'm going to maybe defer uni because I'm bright, I got my own ideas. Actually, I don't really want to go and learn that, so I want to learn business how do we create an environment where they can do that have have uh the education they need but business education not academic education and be given that ability to fail without the end result being that that then becomes a black mark against them going forward now if you can do that with 10 20 kids a year and one or two of them have successful business two or three have you know uh, you know create a lifestyle income from it and three or four fail but with the three or four you know he hasn't marked them down. They've learned a whole heap without yeah. it damaging the rest. You know, it'd be a bit like if I said to uh, you, go to university, but I'm going to judge you at the end of year one. And if you fail, yeah, uh, that's, and we're not going to give you any retries. We're not going to let you go again. We're, we're going to kick you out and you still owe us 60 grand. And yeah, uh, yeah. you can go out on the street and say, hey, I haven't got a degree. I've got 60 grand's worth of debt. Uh, will you employ me? You know, yeah. but in yeah. business... We're like, no, you're 18, cut through it. You want to do a business, that's it. You live or, you know, mm. live or die by that. And, and it's wrong. And, but what do we do to support it? Next yeah. to nothing. We don't yeah. teach the skills. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder why we've got to that point in this country where that is the way, as opposed to, like you say, in the States, where they, you know, can allow people to bounce back. I think you've got to look at the system, haven't you? And overall, that the system at the moment is designed to create good employees. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. not designed I, to create uh, disruptive, you know, yeah. annoying, you know, people that come along and challenge things and call it out and say, that's not right. Yeah, push them all down to average. <laughs> you know, they want people that are going to comply with the system. You know, yeah, that's yeah. half half of it, you know. Um, but the trouble is, system compliance doesn't innovate, doesn't solve the world's big problems. No. You know, like him or not, Elon Musk is... Uh, at least out there trying to solve some of the world's big problems. Yeah. Yeah? And it doesn't come from, you know, a, a, a corporate, traditional corporate doing it. Yeah. You know, all those big oil companies, all those big utility companies, all of those massive financial institutions had the resources 
for decades and decades and decades mm. to start changing the world and making it different. They chose, with the support of every single government around the world, mm. to instead basically go with a globalization policy where we basically moved factories and production to the cheapest parts of the world mm. so that they could maximize profits and put more money back in the pot of those people running those organizations, the major shareholders in the government. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So, so if you want people to comply with that system, you have an education system that creates those people that fall into that nice little, you know, uh, yeah. tra track that you go down. If, yeah. if you want people are going to change it, like the Elon Musk of the world, and hopefully we produce, you know, uh, more of those in, in our own country, you yeah. got to do it differently. You're not yeah. going to get the same, yeah. you're not getting a different result if you do the same thing, are you? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And it's kind of, yeah, it's a bit like sort of KPIs in your business or something, isn't it? Like what you measure, you measure what you can't want. Can't manage what you can't measure, is that it? Something <laughs> like that, yeah. But, yeah. But, but, but equally, you know, every small business, um, every small business thrives on, you know, innovation, testing, failing, finding the things that work for them, the market niche, you know, you must have gone through this in your own business. Mm -hmm. You know, when you started up, you know, we, we certainly did. We, we, we started up thinking that we would be uh, providing services to a certain part of the market. And we've ended up providing service, not a radically different, but a very niche part of the market compared to where we thought we would be. Yeah. Uh, and we did that because we failed loads of times. Yeah. trying to break into the market we thought we were going to. And as soon as we stopped thinking that way, you know, we, yeah. we started to become successful. So, um, you know, uh, in a small business, you, you don't know. And therefore, sometimes you can get tied up by the KPIs and, you know, mm. the form, trying to become a corporate, mm. corporate mm. thinking. Mm. It's got its time and place, but that comes when you're scaling, I think, personally. Yeah. Right. Whereas when yeah. you're at earlier stage, if you're looking to build a company, you're easily going to go and try stuff that's different yeah you know you're yeah. not going to get rewarded for doing the same thing slightly better than someone else you've got to go and do it differently and find a different way and mm -hmm. and that's really the key and but of course that 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 requires risk yeah and, and ultimately business is defined by one one word risk for me that's what entrepreneurialism right. is all about it's yeah. taking the risk whether it be on your reputation whether it be money whether it be anything it's it's all about risk and we don't teach people to take risks yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you see, yeah, in multiple different ways, isn't it? You know, like how, you know, how how kind of toddlers are kept in a you know much more safe environment maybe than they used to be. And you know, I don't think kids are allowed to climb trees and fall out of them in the same way we were. Yeah, um, exactly. We we were the BMX generation. So um, where where I where I was brought up was um, there were lots of old World War Two. Uh, bomb craters right, outside, yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of London. So like you, they're kind of very steep sided. You know, the best thing in the world was to take your BMX up there and yeah. launch yourself off the side of these bomb craters <laughs> and they're rounded like a U shape, yeah, yeah. you know, and do that amazing fun. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that stuff is large, largely stopped. And, and, and that, that is, a, is a shame because, you know, we're trying to remove every risk and every problem, mm. but people grow through the problems, the issues, the challenges, the knocks, mm. you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. sometimes terrible things happen, you know? Um, but it, it seems that we're now in a world where to, event, to prevent the, the very small number of terrible things happening, we must de-risk everything. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, uh, uh, but unfortunately that, I don't know, I think it, it, it stymies society, it stops stops from people becoming what they could have become mm. and and uh, it's a real shame because you know you have to go and push the limits yeah. don't you to, yeah. to to succeed and you know have i pushed the limits no nowhere near what i could have done uh in hindsight really yeah absolutely nowhere nowhere near because i was worried about you know what happens if we take on debt and i get bust yeah. and i lose my house and mm -hmm. you know why because i didn't have uh, let's say entrepreneurial uh, mentors mm -hmm. that showed me, hey, do you know what? There is a way that we can help you leverage up this business, leverage assets uh, and grow, but mm -hmm. without you putting the house online. Because I was taught, you know, well, I learned the lesson. If you put your house on the line, you lose your house when things yeah. go wrong and yeah, your, yeah. your kids and family end up basically on, on the street trying to find somewhere to, to live, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so that's a young, that kind of sticks with you. But then, y you know, Where's the lesson that says, no, this is how you go and 
raise money without you putting that on the line. Here's how you go and, uh, and, and leverage your assets, or indeed, here's how you get access to other assets and other people's yeah. uh, technologies and things like that that you can then use to grow your business. Do you, no one t teaches any of this stuff anywhere. It's, yeah. stuff, it's, it's almost like a secret thing that's learned as businesses grow. Yes. Some learn it, some do not. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the Elon Musk of the world, the Warren Buffetts, they know it. You know, whereas yeah. most of us don't really truly, I don't really understand it, but I'm, I'm starting to learn it and I'm now knocking on a door of 50 and it's like, uh, okay, wish I'd learned this stuff kind of 20 years ago because <laughs> we, you know, we might be able to do some serious damage now rather than, you know, we do yeah, it okay, yeah. but you know, um, there's, there's lots of things that you're not taught that are really valuable. That's, yeah, that's really interesting because I've been sort of starting to maybe not understand it, but just kind of, understand that it's there what you're talking about this mm -hmm. thing of because in a way I think we've we've got partly a similar background because um yeah my, my dad had a business that uh went bust and he you know struggled with it might have been about the same time actually thinking about it and we you know had to sell the house and go to a cheaper place and yep. they had lots of debt uh, at the time and you know managed to pay it all off and everything and then um probably through that I mean my parents did an incredible job of kind of keeping that away from mm -hmm. us. But I imagine there was some degree of stress. You know, they've told us in the past that there was times when they, you know, didn't know if they were going to have enough money for the next supermarket shop and yeah. things like that. So it must have been around that that kind of stress. And I certainly don't blame them for any of it. It was, you know, what happens. But I think, yeah, you do come out with a slightly safer approach. And I think I started off my career with more of a safe approach, you know, having a job and and everything and doing it that way because it I was too probably too scared of trying yep. to do anything else and yeah and, and you know it's, it's been a journey getting to become self-employed from that and everything and going through all the mindset shifts and definitely not there yet but yeah starting to sort of just read things and understand that okay there's this other thing that people do where they yep. like you say leverage things and take on debt that's good debt that they can use to Absolutely, and, and strategic partnerships. Uh, it's all about leveraging assets, whether those assets be intellectual property assets or whether they be cash or you know mm -hmm. physical assets. Mm -hmm. And and if if you can look at your business and, and just step out of it for a minute and think, okay, well, look, if I had access to all these assets, what would I do with it? Really good uh, question, marketeer, uh, uh, biz business um, mentor ask me, and this is a really good asset test for any small business growing, which is yeah. um, if I gave you 250,000 pounds and you could use it only to do marketing, right. what would you do with it? Okay, that is interesting. <laughs> now, the reason I ask this question is, is your business ready and able to scale? Because if you yeah. haven't already worked out what your business proposition is, how it scales over time, uh, and then how you can turn up marketing, turn down marketing to, to, to Im impact your kind of lead flow and things of that nature, then you're not ready for the money. Right. Okay. Yeah, because most people in a small business, let's say a small business up to you know, a couple of million turnover or something like that, maybe a yeah. you know, couple to 10, 15 staff, depending on the type of industry that they're in. If you give them 250,000 pounds and tell them they can only spend it on marketing, they don't know what to do with it. Mm. They wouldn't spend it. They go, well, could I just keep it in a bank for a safe day, you know? And, yeah. and that's the key, key thing, which is you've got to get behind, okay, it's not, the availability of assets and money isn't actually the real challenge. Mm -hmm. Getting clear what you would do with it, how it would impact your business and how you would scale as a result, mm -hmm. you know, are really key important. And that's where, like, if you're going for formal money, you have to have that bit nailed um, so that mm. they can see that you put in money isn't just a hope that you get there. You've kind of tried and t tested the model a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting challenge. You know, cards on the table from our side, you know, it asked me the same question, how do I spend 250,000? Yeah. In, you know, a lot of what we do, I still couldn't tell you exactly because we're still dealing with that. How do we create a truly scalable business that could go from, you know, we're, we're turning about 4 million this year. How do we get to 40 or 400 million? I, I don't know. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a rough idea how we get to 10. Um, but, you know, there are lots of people out there that do know how to take businesses from four to 10 to 20 to 30 and yeah. so on. Um, but uh, they're, you know, it's difficult to get to those people or to, you know, you can't you knock on the door. Who are you? Oh, do you happen to know how to take a business from four million to, to 40? <laughs> you know, they, that's not going to work, is it? So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, I think uh, for small businesses, 
helping them to understand whether or not they sit in that camp of like that are going to scale up and they're going for growth, or actually is their business a niche quality provider that's going to drive mm. the right lifestyle in which case we need to teach those people okay don't waste your money mm. on all these things trying to be and feel and look like a big company yeah yeah, yeah focus your money on yourself right yeah, and doing yeah. a good job and giving great service to your customers and i think a lot of the time we kind of all go down this path of oh we just have to grow and we have to build our business but not quite sure necessarily with what outcome we're trying to achieve right okay yeah yeah so having the end in mind first and sort of yeah, towards a, a, that so absolutely. You know, know what you're actually aiming towards. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, have you got your model right to achieve mm. that outcome that you that you're hoping for? Yeah, yeah, and that changes, doesn't it? Because I think, like you know, during my sort of career change, coming out of engineering and into photography, and now into more video production, everything at that initial stage, it was like get out of my job. You know, start <laughs> get enough work that I can leave my job. And why and then, did you want to leave your job? Because I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. Really, I wasn't fulfilled with it. I wasn't. I was coming home, sort of lethargic, tired, and mm -hmm. demotivated. And I wanted to, yeah, be doing my own thing, being being controlled of my time, I suppose. And and, and the, the the terrible travesty that I see for most people is that by the time they come to realization of that, it's too late. Yeah, they're tied into a mortgage. They've got mm. the job. They've got all these things that go with it, and the the risk is way way higher. Yeah, you know, and this is the problem, which is if we go back to grassroots, which is if you allow people to go on a journey of go to college, uni. Did you, uh, did, you did or didn't go to? Uni? Yeah, I went to uni. I did mechanical engineering at uni. So, so you yeah. come, you come out at the end of it. Okay, you've invested all that time and money, and probably right in your case, your parents like expect you to do something because they put them through a lot of pain probably to get you through there, especially with their, you know, financial issues and those type of things that were going on. And then you, you embark on your job, probably all optimistic of it. And then at some point down the line, you know, maybe you're already, I don't know, you have a partner, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, <laughs> maybe you've got mortgage. The risks are way higher. You know, for, for me, I was really lucky that because we were in a position we were in, we didn't have anything to lose. So, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. you know, we were chucked in the deep end, get on with it. And, and, and do you know what? When you've got nothing to lose... Yeah, there is very little risk and therefore yeah, yeah. you can get on. And, and that is one of the shame because if we don't give other people the opportunity to take the risks and it's on a young age or give them these alternative paths, it's already too late, which is why you find so many, you know, people sitting kind of middle age in, you know, in a job, which is, you know, maybe, mm. it, you know, maybe financially it pays okay. They're, they're not satisfied. And then, you know, they start looking around thinking, well, what, what am I doing with my life and why? Yeah, you ask yeah. ourselves why people have midlife crisis because the realization on them is that we only get, if we're really lucky, 80, you know, circulations of the sun, and that's it, yeah, game yeah. over. And, and they've realized that they've wasted five eighths of those or whatever it might be doing yeah, a job yeah. that they didn't really fill them with any passion, but it's too late, yeah, you know, until yeah. they get to, well, I'll, you know, I'll get enough and then I can retire and then I can go and do the thing I want. You know, I think we should start at the other end, which is encouraging people to take the risk and fail much, much earlier find yeah. out the things they want and then at that point go okay when you've done all of that then you can go to the next level whether it be uni whether it be you know mm. we invest in your business hey that'd be a radical idea wouldn't it you know rather than uh say you can have sixty thousand and go to uni unconditionally we say uh if you go through these certain tests as an entrepreneur we'll put you know ten fifteen thousand pound a year into your business for three years yeah. Uh, you know, certain conditions with it, you can't go and just spend it on whatever you want. But yeah. hey, that's radical, isn't it? And then at the end of it, you pay that money off in the same way you pay off a student loan. If you're not successful, you don't pay it off. If you are, you pay it off. Wouldn't that be radical if, we, if we've deployed our money in that way rather than get people to do, you know, degrees in David Beckham's right foot or whatever the latest thing is so is this uh, is that what you is this kind of your ambition now then do you think going forward because you, you started we should talk about more than technology we should work. yeah a little bit because uh, yeah it seems to be a great thing that you've, so, you've so Mo there. Malvern Technology was born out of ideas so uh, a good friend of mine Richard Slade uh, who I think you know um, we, we prob probably over a beer sitting down and moaning about the world uh, and why it was all wrong and, and we knew better um, so the idea we came up with was um, that Malvern, where we live, is uh, got quite a, th a thriving technology uh, sector to it. But mm -hmm. one of the challenges with it is that kind of no one really knows 
anyone else within it. So a few people know each other and we've got the science yeah. park, which is where we're based, but there's not a great deal of, uh, not a great deal of collaboration goes on down there. So we, we formed the Malvern Technology Network with simple premise of this, which is if we could create social events where we could get entrepreneurs, technology leaders, uh, investors, uh, people interested like the community around technology, men mentors and so on, uh, together in a space, uh, we could nurture collaboration between those people by, the, by virtue of simply bringing them to one place regularly and getting mm -hmm. to talk in a social environment. We also knew that um, we'd all been to business events, so you must have been to like these kind of trade shows and the rest of it. I mean, yawn fest. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone pays a grand for a stand for the day and gets sold to by other people that paid, paid the money for the stand. And, you know, everyone's waiting for this kind of mysterious client to walk through the door and they <laughs> never come. Um, we've all been there. And what happens is you don't really create create relationships from it yeah. so so the idea we had was that we started with the, the worcestershire technology network was the idea yeah. but then we thought that you know um are we going to get people from bromsgrove and droitwich and wherever coming to well no we have to move it around and then how are the people that come to that going to really build proper relationships together they're not Mm -hmm. So we thought, well, we create a blueprint for this. We do Melbourne Technology Network, which is a local collaboration. Uh, <laughs> sounds like Royston Vasey here we'll look for local people. <laughs> um, but um, the idea is if you keep it local, you can very much then build relationships. And the idea was that I could walk past someone Saturday morning on the, the high street in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, hi, how are you doing? And we, we get to build, you know, social relationship as well as just business. And then yeah. over two, three, four, five meetups, suddenly people start, becoming friends yeah. and then they start really listening to what the other person does in their business mm -hmm. and start to think about how they could deploy it because you know we've all been to these networking events you know by the time you leave you get five business cards in your pocket you can't remember which you know person <laughs> did which and no one ever picks up yeah. because guess what you know you don't walk into a networking environment and go hey should we set up a business together <laughs> uh, no um but over a year of getting to know people you're going to find people you get on with and actually things trigger. Now, the really intelligent and clever thing happens, and it's very simple, which is I can do one thing, someone else can do another. When you put those two things together, you can now bid for a bit of business that collective, collectively you can, can win right, yeah. before you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't do the X or the Y. Yeah. That's really the idea. So modern technology is a social um, uh, network, but it's all about creating the longer term relationships consistently so that it inspires that collaboration. And then a smaller group within the technology network are looking at this kind of foundational uh, area, which is how do we create an environment where we can then start to create these, let's say, technology apprenticeships or these entrepreneurialism uh, uh, courses or whatever the right term is okay, yeah. where we can then start to say okay look the educational system actually look the teachers are doing a great job because they're, they're constrained by everything that they have to report upon and do it mm -hmm. this isn't a criticism of teachers no, it's no, a criticism of the system that they're forced to work in I'm sure yeah. most teachers if they were given carte blanche would teach in very different ways yeah, yeah. and teach different things mm. what we can do though however is to actually get the resources together yeah, there are a lot of very rich people here that want to give back mm -hmm. yeah especially technology people in this area right. that, yeah. that have kind of retired out to the Malvern Hills and Ledbury and around um, but they don't necessarily have the right forum to come and you know get involved they okay, want to give back yeah. we think we can create this environment where we can give back and then create this alternative path for some kids, you know, young adults to have this risk-free environment where they can start up businesses, mm -hmm. be mentored, maybe get some financial backing. And you know what? When they fail, not be stigmatized by it. And when they succeed, we can help them scale and grow to the next level. Because that's going to be really important because if we're going to create a place where people want to come and live and a place that in 25 years isn't just somewhere you drive by and look at from the M5, you know, <laughs> waving, oh, that's pretty, isn't it? And, and becomes just like a, you know, uh, an offbeat of Worcester. We have to yeah. create those jobs at grassroots and the education at grassroots to mean that people actually don't leave, but they stay and they create businesses and, and more people come in yeah, yeah, yeah. and we grow. And that, that's a 25-year thing that's a, a long-term vision you know but yeah. that's where we're now thinking with the foundation side of it so really two things a, a, a social network mm -hmm. to get entrepreneurs technology people uh, the community together that are interested in tech to to actually change things now 
create yeah, better yeah. opportunities, help grow businesses, uh, get, you know, leverage assets and, and, and so on. Mm. With the longer term view, which is we can get working with the schools, get working with um, the, the, the kind of younger community and create the opportunities for them to really become entrepreneurial. And, mm. and that would be really interesting for me because that, you know, that's part of my DNA now is that side yeah, of it. I yeah. wouldn't call myself a, a particularly successful entrepreneur, but I love it. Yeah. And I think we can make a difference. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, if people go to the website, the mtn.co.uk and yep, uh, absolutely. register on there and reach out and then to, come to one of the social yeah. events. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And, you know, as I said before, I've come to a couple of them and they just got a real good sort of buzz and people seem really up for it, which is, uh, which is great. They're coming back and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're inviting other people. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. so it's great, and and I think that's half of it. It's informal social, but because it, we've taken this very local approach, um, it means something. You know, the people yeah. know they can go back and they will meet and build on relationships, and and, and that can be replicated anywhere. Then, can't it? Worcester, Droitwich, yeah, yeah. Bromsgrove, yeah, anywhere absolutely. in the UK and beyond. Um, and I'm sure it already network is. Of networks, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested in doing that myself. But you know, if you take the blueprint of what we're doing, and if it works for them, it works. It, you yeah, know, it feels yeah. like it's working here at the moment. It's early days, yeah, yeah. but um, they, they're good events, and we're enjoying it. And already, I've met so many people that, frankly, I wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And we're starting to do some business with some of those already, and they're bringing new ideas, and we're thinking, okay, you know, we could do things that we didn't think were possible before. Just yeah. by virtue of meeting a few people, you know, on a social every couple of months. Yeah, excellent. And um, in the in the intro, I said that you seem to do things properly, and because the reason I said that is because uh, <laughs> well, you were misinformed came, at the beginning of the, to that the interview. First one, it was like you know the first meeting, and there was already sort of branding and a website and nice roller banners, and it all just looked like you're doing it properly. Well, that just that, the that, that's work? the advantage of, of, of having maybe uh, marketing people. So R Richard yeah. runs uh, Brand Refinery and he also runs my uh, my own company, uh, marketing and, and, and brand strategy. But yeah, that's I guess that's the advantage of having that. And it is important because um, if if you can get the right message across early, you know, we had to, I yeah. think you were there at the original one, yeah, you know, yeah. which is, you know, we're encouraging you to come to these events, but, you, you know, invite people, but you're responsible for them, mm -hmm. you know. Don't yeah. bring a duh, you know, it was, it was, it, it, because it's really important. We need, we need an event where people can trust that they go there and meet people that they're going to enjoy spending time with, um, that this is something more than just, oh, you know, something that started up in Malvern and then didn't carry on. And I think there's been a few yeah. of those in the past. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I know we, we've got some superheroes in Malvern like Adrian Burden, who, you know, is single-handedly taken on the kind of baton of trying to build technology awareness and does all the great events, uh, uh, um, the Innovation Festival, for instance, and he's, yeah. you know, giving back. Him and his wife, you know, put so much back into community in those areas. But it's like, it feels like, a, you know, a, a, a small team and they're tr trying to just do it. What we felt was that, okay, we, we've got to go and partner and help out on these things mm. as well. And it does need a brand. It does need mm. that that people can get behind. If it hasn't, then, yeah. you know, it just doesn't, it lacks that kind of credibility. Whereas, so yeah, it felt proper, but uh, yeah, thanks to Richard and his team really for, the, for that, <laughs> wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um, one thing I wanted that, that piqued my interest mm. early on when you, you said it was that you don't know how to write a line of code. Yeah, right, yeah. You run multiple tech companies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I guess the answer is that, you know, it's sales and everything like you were saying, and that's the driver and I, also your vision of, of, of what you want from, for, let, to achieve. Let, let, let's reframe that. Yeah. If you're very good at doing something, and you have a certain amount of knowledge in that subject, yeah. Yeah, then what would tend to happen is that you would probably tend to lead those uh, innovations and developments, and you'll be constrained by your own knowledge mm -hmm. and capability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, you know, you run a photography studio, mm -hmm. and you are the photographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's not a studio for photographers where there's lots of different photographers coming in and you're learning off each other and sparking innovation and and all those those things it's you and you, your knowledge and skills and very good at what you do in my case um by not being able to write a single line of code i'm not constrained in any way shape or form through practical functional thinking of i don't know how to do it 
my only constraint is my imagination over what we could try and build and achieve. So right, okay. I, I set things like, hey, I want something that does X or Y. How do mm. we go and do it? And, uh, you know, people look at me bewildered. I don't even know what you're talking about. How do we? OK, well, let's go and find someone that does know how to do it. And then right, one okay. or two things happens. We either find a partnership or they go, OK, well, look, we'll go and work it out. You know, yeah. so if we start with what I'm trying to create and build and the changes that we'd like to make, then there's cleverer people than I can then work out how they put ones and zeros mm. in the right order to create that thing that we're looking to achieve. And then I can focus my time on really thinking about what's the proposition, so back on the sales and marketing, what's mm. the proposition, uh, who's our target audience, you know, what are the things that are gonna be really important to them, what are the things that are not. Um, and also we do a lot of um, speculative work in, mm. in, in, in our development. Um, I know there's a, there's absolutely people who go, this is lunacy, you need to go and do all of this market testing and you need to go and do this, that and the other and work out who else is doing it. We do quite a lot of speculative work where we say, look, I've got an idea, um, why don't we go and build something and right. go and have a go uh, and see what happens. And and if it gets some traction and people go, oh, that sounds quite interesting, we'll, we'll do a bit more of it. Uh, and I know... I know 90% of people probably think that's a crazy way of developing. But it's crazy if the risk is it takes your business out. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. if, if the biggest risk for me is that we lose 10% of our revenue for a year to a crazy R&D project that we have to write off, so be it. But yeah. maybe, yeah, the answer that you're looking for isn't out there at the moment. And therefore, yeah. all that market research, when you ask people what they think, they have to kind of know what it is first. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're asking, hey, this thing that I'm going to create that you don't know what it is, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to build it and then then see. see. And, and I, th I think that's really where I enjoy it because I'm not constrained and that's running my own business. If I worked in a corporate, we could mm. never do that. Just going, hey, we're going to go and spend 50 grand and build something that might be utter rubbish mm. and see what happens. Um, and we have written off stuff. But I think, you know, um, uh, that freedom comes with not being able to code because I would be constrained by could I do that thing? Yeah. Not, yeah. can we find someone that can do that thing? And um, does, it, does it kind of ever worry you that like, I don't know, I, I, it's probably something, I think I've got like a, you know, I need a mindset shift with, with stuff because like my kind of mindset sometimes goes to, well, if it all went completely peak tongue, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what to do with the stuff there so like you know we're we're we're, we're building up the video side here and everything and yep. you know i've got tom who's a full-time videographer and we've got other freelancers and everything so that's building up my knowledge of video isn't quite what theirs is certainly you know not when you get down to the nitty-gritty but i a bit like you i know what i like and so i know kind of the vision of what we want to produce and everything but then i, I think i have some kind of weird mindset problem where i i keep thinking oh but if like everyone leaves and it all goes, you know, belly up. What, 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 if, they, what if they stay and it's successful? You know, there's your mindset shift. Um, but but it's, it's like everything. It's, it's, if you can work out the, look, do you get the satisfaction and the enjoyment out of ultimately delivering that end product to the end customer yeah, and yeah, what that right. achieves? Or do you get the enjoyment through the technical side of photography or videography? Yeah, uh, yeah. where, you know, it's that challenging yourself to get, you know, the light not shining off the bald man's head, which uh, be, you'll only get that gag if you go and look at the pictures as well that will accompany this. But, you know, do you get the enjoyment from that or do you get it from the end product? Because if you get it from the end product, then how you get there, yeah, is a, a different mindset. Yeah. It could be you create the environment for the best videographers, the best photographers, the best technical yeah, yeah. digital people in the community to come together to create yeah. and work on amazing projects. And your business is all about, you know, finding these amazing and exciting projects that you get involved in and the more successful you come, the more prestigious the product projects, yeah, the higher yeah, the money. Yeah. yeah. Or is it about the technical skill of your craft? Yeah. Uh, and, and they're very different things. One, one is a photographer in craft business. Mm, the mm. other is, bringing people's ambitions, visions, marketing to life through amazing technology and videography. Mm. Um, and they're different things. And mm. if you can work out which of those things you want to be, then then you can start to say, okay, now where do I put the risk? And then back mm. to my, think of things I said quite early on, business equals risk. Mm -hmm. You know, what if it all goes wrong? Well, it might do, but you know, if, if you know where you're going, 
Yeah, and let's say it was to create a business which was all about the end product for the client, not really the craft of getting there yourself. Then, you know, easiest way with that, isn't it? With freelancers, specialists, strategic partnerships and things that you're not investing all of yeah. your capital into, but you're leveraging other people's assets. Whereas yeah. if it's all about the craft and not necessarily, you know, scaling and, and that side of it, then obviously you're de-risked already because it's you, your tools, yeah. your, your yeah. camera. Um, but the, the key, I think, and, and I, you know, it's taking me 45 or 50 years to work this out, which is the assets are out there already, the knowledge, the skills, the physical assets, the digital assets, the money, it's all out there. Right, okay. Yeah? The mindset shift is, okay, let's imagine it's mine. How would I deploy it, okay, in this way? Right now, all I need to now do is go and speak to the right people to try and get them to share their asset with me. And in return for that, we're going to give them a share of the prize. Interesting. Yeah, 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 okay. It's interesting, yeah, because uh, I suppose because, yeah, when I you know became a photographer, then, I, as you say, becoming the crafter, you've come at it from a... A different certainly on the software side direction. absolutely so it's really yeah. interesting to hear hear your sort of story and uh, and, and approach to things but uh, no it's cool um well we have we've smashed through just over an hour would you believe it hour and five minutes what do we do now <laughs> i know what should we do <laughs> Go and have a bit. <laughs> it's, it's not even 11. Oh, it's 11.30. We, we, we didn't even <laughs> go through in detail all your all your businesses, but uh, that's probably for another day. Maybe. Another day. How but, about um, that? It's been, been really interesting. And uh, I, th I think what you're doing is you're creating, you, you're, you're creating the environment, aren't you, in your businesses, which is everything that you talked about to do with education. You're creating that privately within your businesses. So Trying people to. can, you know, flourish and do their best work and take those risks in a safe space and you're allowing that to happen so that ultimately everyone benefits. That, that's the aim. We're, we're, yeah. we're trying, but we, we, we think it's the right way. And, and it's enjoyable. That's, you know, I do enjoy what we do. Yeah. Most days. So, that's uh, the main thing, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And yeah, as I said in the beginning, I, I got that impression from meeting you a couple of times that you, 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 you enjoy it. And I think, you know, I think what you're doing with the Morgan Technology Network is really key because, it, it, you know, it's lonely, isn't it, running a business as well? And you have to make th th those connections that you make in business shouldn't just be people in your own trade connections. And, yeah. they wouldn't come to my birthday party or something you know <laughs> yes. it's kind of you want to have people around that that you work with that you, you like on that level as well absolutely i suppose so cool so website again the-mtn.co.uk that's right mattatkinson.io mm -hmm. and over on linkedin and we'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, fantastic everything. pleasure to talk thank you very much appreciate it You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.